This podcast is sponsored by Grebe School of Dance. Have you always wanted to learn how to dance? Well, the new term begins on Monday, the 9th of September at Grebe School of Dance, an established dance school that caters for all ages and abilities in Longbridge and Bourneville. They offer a variety of dance classes in various styles like ballet, tap, contemporary, street and many more. There's a free trial class available. Just mention this podcast as well as a free dance bag. Contact Amy for more information on 07979 408 997. Learn to dance in a safe, fun and nurturing environment at Grieve School of Dance. You're listening to the Bromsgrove Standard Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Very warm welcome to this week's Bromsgrove and Droitwich Standard Podcast with me, Tristan Harris. Now we've got a packed programme to get through, so let's uh, make a start. And I'm pleased to say we've got uh, Reverend Wynne Benyon uh, with us from, um, the, he's the Vicar of St. Michael and All Angels Church in Stoke Prior. Hello, good, mor- good, good morning. It feels like well, almost afternoon, but it's morning at the moment. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful autumn morning. It is a beautiful autumn. I bet the church is looking lovely today. Oh, it does. Well, it looks lovely every day, of course, uh, but yeah. particularly in the sunshine. Uh, yeah. Yes, and with, when those leaves start falling as well. It's good. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, you're here to talk about the fundraising campaign for the church, which began in 2015. It took off straight away, didn't it? Well, I, I was... Uh, Amazed, really. I, I walked uh, across the churchyard one August when, when I like to think nothing much happens, and I just happened to look up at the town and thought, that stone's out of place. And it was. It was a corner of the uh, tower uh, where the tower meets the spire, if you, if, if you see what I mean. And, and what had happened was that the, the rain had got uh, in the back of the tower and rusted an old medieval piece of iron which of course then expanded uh, and instead of holding the stone in which is what it was designed to do it was now pushing it out turns out all four corners have got the same problem but not not so visible uh, got the group together um, just asked for a public meeting not expecting anything what actually came forward was a group of people who uh, were very able at uh, putting ideas together and turning that into action. And we have done the most amazing spread of our things from a full rock concert with with, with, with a dinner, dance uh, rock concert with, with um, uh, in church. I just cleared the church, put, put a dance floor down with a carpet and away we went brilliant evening uh we do business dinners we've had the mp and 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 a couple of mps actually um and that kind of thing for the business park at harris and 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 so on um uh and then you know the things you might expect uh like concerts and but we've had poetry reading from birmingham uh, uh university and that kind of Burning City University, better get it right, and uh, all kinds of things. Um, we've got a concert from Pete Hartley, who's a fantastic uh, violinist, well-known in Bromsgrove. And well, he's from Bromsgrove, isn't he? Absolutely. And uh, we had him last year, knocked our socks off, and we've had him back, and he's here on Friday evening. Plenty of tickets, I think, still available, actually, and I hope that you know will mean that a few more folk will come along and enjoy it, because it'll be a great evening of just great great music and um i i 
It's my birthday, actually. Is and that's my birthday treat. Well, one of them. That's good, because he's, cause he's going to be playing everything from folk and jazz to Hollywood and Bollywood. He started way back, didn't he? He was on New Faces, I think, wasn't he? Uh, that's, uh, I believe he and was. Then, uh, Britain's I'm, got not, I'm not old well. enough to remember oh, that, you understand. Not, but yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I filled you in. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I mean, I saw him at a talent contest in uh, Longbridge, and he's got like this electric guitar, uh, electric violin, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, and it's really, it's, it's a sound like no other. It's yeah, really amazing. Yeah, and, he, and he's, he, he makes fab- fabulous music with it, and uh, yeah, come along and enjoy it because it's just, just, just a lovely evening. So that's this Friday, and um, tickets ten pound each. They're available by calling oh one five two seven eight three two seven nine seven or oh seven nine eight nine six eight nine oh two four. Don't worry if you didn't get those numbers because it's all on our website, so you'll be able to uh, to um, get all the information you need there. But I mean, going back to the tower when you saw that, I mean, you must have thought it was going to be one of those moments, you know, when a plumber comes round or something and sucks the air through their teeth and goes. Oh, it was. It looked costly. I, I, to be honest, I went into denial. I walked away, and for two weeks, I just pretended I hadn't seen it because I thought, I don't want to spend the next 10 years raising money for the tower. But actually what's happened is that a lot of people come together. We've, we've had a lot of fun. That's the first thing. A lot of hard, lot of hard work, and I can't pay enough tribute and thanks to uh, the, the the tower group uh, and those who've supported them. All sorts of people, and it's been people who, yes, part of the church, but lots of people who are just from the community and what and, and further afield actually have taken an interest, and it's been a real way of engaging with all sorts of people we wouldn't seen otherwise, uh, and um, uh, all kinds of people have are now aware of, A, that the church is there, and B, what a facility it is, and C, that actually a medieval building isn't going to stay there on its own forever unless we look after it. Uh, it's been there 800 years. It was given a, a quite a revamp 150 years ago, and mostly that's been absolutely brilliant. But nobody's perfect, and unfortunately, when they um, did the revamp... Uh, about 1895, actually, not quite 150 years. Uh, John Corbett, the Salt Kings, paid for it. Um, the, the, the spire used to come down and have a kind of skirt. It's called a brooch, which over, over, over um, uh, came out over the tower. So the rain just shot off into space, and the tower, top of the tower, was kept dry. Now, for whatever reason, and there may have been good reasons at the time, they put the tower in... Uh, put the spire inside the tower, which meant the rainwater now gathers in the top of the tower uh, uh, and then has to be outletted through spouts or downpipes. Uh, and so, uh, for rightly or wrongly, that's what they did, and it's one of the causes that we got to today. Also, in the past, they've used the wrong materials. I and mean, one of the things we had to say right from the start was, much as we'd like to get local builders in and do that this is highly specialist work uh, it, it's uh, you've got to know what you're doing with an ancient building because it's not built the same way as a house i mean when you put bricks and mortar together for a house you stick the bricks together with the mortar uh, and it holds them together when you build a medieval building the mortar is there to keep the stones apart right it's a totally different way of building and you've got to understand the materials uh, and, and also stone is not brick. 
so there's a whole load of specialist skills and that adds a couple of noughts on everything you do. So, but once we realise that you know, that's how it is, you can't just, you know, get, get Fred and Mick up there with a ladder, much as you'd want to, it, it, it doesn't yeah. work. And unfortunately, way back, um, probably another generation ago, they did put a load of concrete up there, which was always a no-no. Yeah. Concrete shrinks, water gets inside, metal rusts and stone moves. Um, that's the problem. So we're going to do it right. It costs a lot of money. Um, uh, we're looking about not far off half a million. Now, Heritage Lottery Fund have been amazing. They've come forward and said, right, we'll give you 400000 but you've got to find the rest. And that's why we're still fundraising. And the problem when you get a big grant is people said, oh, well done, you've done it now. Um, but, of course, you haven't because uh, they're not paying 100%. Uh, no. And it's, you know, we, we were still looking for 25000 at least, you know, now just to say we're match funding what, what's required of us so that they will then release the rest of the money so the work actually done. So we're, we're tantalisingly close, and I feel very much for the Tower Group because they're almost there, but there's a deadline, which is the end of the year, effectively. Um, and you know, will we get this last bid in? And we're looking for grant-giving bodies, but we still want individuals, if they're able, to help mm. us as well because... Heritage Lottery could say, uh, sorry, no, you haven't got enough money. Apply again. Yeah. And so you've got... that would be awful. So, just... so we really, really want to get this done because once it's done, then we've got a building that's fit for another 150 years and you know, three generations will enjoy it. And it's our responsibility to hand that on to the next generation. We think, not, not everyone would agree, but we did a, um, a... As part of this, we did a... Uh, a public consultation and we did a questionnaire and, and by far and away people of all sorts said yes of course it's important to have that building there it's part of our heritage and we want to see it as very few people said oh it doesn't matter uh, so that's why we feel it's absolutely right that we can go to the, the greater public and say as a congregation as a church we have the responsibility to maintain this for everybody but we're only a small lot we need your help, and and people have come forward, and we've made. I think there's a lot of goodwill, um, and uh, so what turned out to be uh, what I thought was going to be a nightmare it actually turned out to be, uh, to use a very uh, religious term, a blessing. It's actually been good for a lot of people. It's been a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, a lot of agony for some people because. You know, uh, when you get a lot of people working together, we don't always agree about everything. So there's all, you know, there's a few bashed elbows as people, you know, uh, say what they think. But um, actually, um, it's done a great deal to promote the life of the church, both the building and the community. I want to talk about the church. Actually, it's worth thinking about the the, the graveyard, the churchyard, which is visited. I would almost say all the time. I rarely could spend 10 minutes in that churchyard without somebody visiting to see a family member's grave or a friend's grave or just to come and sit or um, go into church and light a candle. You can always go into to St Michael's Church and light a candle because it's open daylight hours every day. Um, and lots of people do that. And I see people, I have no idea who they are, but they want the space, they want to do that. That's their thing and that's absolutely brilliant. 
But it's not just the people. Uh, last week I spent two hours out at dusk with um, uh, with some conservation folk, and we discovered we've actually got five species of bat flying around the church. So we're there, not just for people, but for, for everything and everybody. Uh, and that's an amazing uh, thing for us to, to be entrusted with. It's, it's not just about turning up to church on a Sunday. That's very much part of what we do. Of course it is. But actually, it's, uh, it's 24 7 52 weeks a year. It's always there. And uh, people will use the church and the churchyard in the way they want to if we let them, which is why it's so important that the church is open. And if one of those corners goes, what it could do is come crashing down through the roof, at which point we've got a church you can't use. And actually, if it's in danger of doing that, you can't use the church, which is why, you know, uh, Gary, who's, who's our uh, town group leader, will say, you know, the church is in danger of closing. And he's absolutely right, because you can't let people into a church where... No. Uh, you know, 250 kilograms of stone is about to come crashing through the roof. So we don't want to get there. But obviously, if we don't do the work, one day, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. We had this in Droitwich with the uh, the one in the town centre. Yes, of course you did, um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that was closed for a few weeks. But I think, I mean, going back to the campaign, £150,000 raised in three years, and then you had a massive total to raise this year alone, and now to be 25000 away... It's just incredible. I mean, it's, and then if you get to that, which we are going to get to that, let's 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 be positive. We're going to get to that, and then you get the three hundred and thirty-three, I think it is, uh, thousand of lottery funding, and and what a project. Um, I mean, do you ever look there? Sometimes you ever just because I do this a lot with medieval buildings. You just stand there and you think, how did they build that? <laughs> 800 years ago, do you know what I mean, with the technology they had. Obviously, they had some kind of scaffolding and, uh, and stuff. But you just, when I visit castles as well, I get the same thing. I just look up and I think, how did they build that with the, with, with the resources they had? They are quite extraordinary places. And, and Stoke Prior is not a small church, actually. It's a big building for the size of the community. And I've always pondered why it's as big as it is. Because there isn't a kind of landed gentry person around who wanted a bit of swank and say, look at my, you know, because they would pay for these churches and they'd rival each other you know mine's bigger than yours you know all that stuff well there isn't anybody there's no historical background like that so why is it as big as that it's an interesting question answers on a postcard i'd be really interested to know uh, but but just the building itself is um an extraordinary testimony to people's ingenuity when you basically had a block and tackle mm. and wooden scaffolding and they produced this stuff that was a physically impressive but be just so beautiful and the care that goes in you go up the tower and you find completely beyond what you can see carvings of goats and heads all the way around <laughs> uh, that you can't see from the ground and why would you bother because that's actually to them the, the craftsman that it was the joy of making it the fact that nobody'd see it yeah was neither here nor there they wanted it to be beautiful and then when they finished they said well i did that and it's a totally different view of of the world really today it's you know slap bang and gone yeah whereas this is no nobody will see what i've done but i'm going to do it anyway and it's just an amazingly different way of looking at things so they are astonishing buildings and that building i was just i was thinking it's seen every every kind of 
social movement in 800 years. I mean, it's had, you know, we've had a country led by uh, kings and um, elected prime ministers. We've had dictators. You can decide for yourself who that might be. Mm. Um, And um, uh, it's, you know, we've gone through uh, not just world wars, but the Hundred Years' War, uh, you know, the Wars of the Roses. We've had... uh, uh, genocide uh, in the Middle Ages when we got, you know, the Jewish pogroms. Uh, and that building's just stood through it all and witnessed to something else through all of that, uh, the good times and the bad. So it is an extraordinary building. And that's why when people say to me, a church doesn't need buildings, I'm saying, well, no, actually, if, you know, all else failed and we had to close it, the church would continue to meet somewhere and still be the church in that sense. But while we've got them, uh, they are um, an amazing uh, resource uh, uh, to be shared and and nurtured and and shared with everybody. It's not our club meeting house. Well, I think, like you said, from the reaction of the public and and things, um, yeah, it's too important not to... (laughs) Not to save, really. I've got to ask you, talking about the carvings, because I found out about Green Men a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. and I, uh, it's enthralled me. And every time I go to a church now, I always look for the Green Man. Where's your Green Man in the church? I'm, well, that's a good question. I'm not aware that we've got any, but up at the uh, altar, uh, there's a, a thing called a sedilia, which is where the priests and the, the, his helpers at service would have sat um, it's kind of car- it's into the wall and and it suffered from decay a bit and there are two characters uh, carved there they look like Homer Simpson um, uh, because and they're very very worn and I'd be worth somebody saying well were they ever green men um, I don't know I'm not saying they were but they are because they're they're very hard to decipher but I, I mean Homer Simpson is the only thing I can Tell you they look That's like. given me a brilliant idea for another fundraising night you can hold. You could have a, Sim- a Simpsons marathon, couldn't you? You could yes. get a big screen because you've got the Reverend Love joining the Simpsons. The church does play quite a big part in the Simpsons. Oh, so yes. you could uh, you could have a Simpsons marathon night. People pay so much for a ticket and you can flog a bit of popcorn and stuff. Yeah, well, there actually, one, one, of my, one of my kids is a big Simpsons fan. They'd, they'd love that. Uh, he's got... I probably could do it, actually, because I think he's got all, all of them. But I'm... T- He's showing his age now because he's got them all on uh, on on um, video. On video, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does anybody remember what a video Has is? Anyone got yeah. a VHS video now? <laughs> uh, that kills me. Yeah. So we've got this, and talking about the um, the actual church and the beauty. If people haven't been there, you've got a heritage open day or heritage open days coming up in the next uh, fortnight. Yes, uh, well, the weekend of the 14th, 15th uh, is nationally um, a weekend that's, oh, for decades now has been, um, used to be called the bike ride, but these days it's called stride and ride, and it encourages people to walk, to, originally it was to bike, but now it's to walk or use any form of transport, I think, and just to go and visit churches, and you can sign in to say, we were here, um, and uh, in some churches they'll stump you ticket and the idea is you do fundraising uh, and um, I um, had a colleague who was a mad cyclist down in Wiltshire days years ago and I think he did 150 miles one day with his with his gang he was chaplain to the cycling club and 
I mean, I couldn't. I could barely manage three churches on a bike, and I was laid up for the next week because I don't do cycling. But um, uh, but but it means that the churches, not just Stoke Private, all the churches, hopefully uh, around, and not just Church of England ones, but lots of other churches, are, will be open for people to visit. And by all means, come to Stoke Private and um, and come and just just enjoy the space. There's a wedding going on on the Saturday. Um, well. It's only a, an hour and a half, so you know, just come. Uh, um, wish you know, it's oh, is that that'll until be happening. Two thirty p.m. on the thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, that's the uh, one. But we're also got a um, appropriately. We've got a um, various displays, and in particular, we're going to have a display of wedding dresses, and some of which were quite historical, I think. But that will look, you know, and with a wedding going on, that's all appropriate. Um, and uh, on the 15th, we're going to have a special service to commemorate now. It's the 75 years since the beginning of the... Well, the, end 80, of the, the, the end beginning of the, of the yeah. Second World War, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this week or thereabouts. Um, and that's a special service on the, on, on the Sunday afternoon. So uh, a busy weekend... Um, and you've got memorabilia as well, apparently, from the First and Second World War. Is that uh, right? Yes, yes. We've done, actually, the, the local community has done some really good things. I mean, last year with the commemorations then, got a lot of stuff together. Uh, and so that'll all be there again. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend. So um, you don't need to go far to have somewhere beautiful, relaxing. There'll be, uh, it's church, so there's bound to be tea, coffee and cake. Yeah, and um, and there you are. Just come down the road to to come down Hanbury Road, uh, and and come and enjoy Stoke Prior Church because it'll be a great weekend uh, and everyone welcome. We like we like children and we're very happy with dogs. By the way, uh, dogs are welcome. Um, uh, and there's a bowl by the door for with water in. Um, what I always say is, people are welcome. Um, uh, uh, dogs are welcome to bring their owners if they're well behaved. That's yeah. what I always say. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's nine till eleven, and then two thirty till five. Obviously, the, you've got the um, uh, wedding in between. Um, there's going to be the Thanksgiving service. That's on the fifteenth, isn't it? Six pm. Um, and then you've also got as well. It says there's a chance to see hidden places and try out new experiences. Because very often, when people, if people go to the, the church for a service, very often they'll just come for the service and go, won't they? Whereas they could come and look around, look at all the nooks and crannies and stuff, find out a little bit about, like you've been saying, really. Well, the, the nice thing about uh, Stoke Pride Church is there are lots of nooks and crannies. Uh, in the vestry, there's the most fabulous fan vaulted roof, which is not something you'd expect uh, in a parish church. It's not wonderfully carved or anything but just as a piece of engineering it's worth just going to have a look at and tucked away in there is a stained glass window that was given in the 60s in memory of the Stoke Pride chimney when it came down and you can't see it normally because we have to keep or we've been keeping the the vestry locked Um, and then uh, there's a priest's room uh, but you'll have to find out where that is Um, We've got bell ringers now. I, I'm not saying that we can go up the tower because obviously there are health and safety issues about that. But that's another thing, of course, that has bubbled out of the uh, the, the project. Really, uh, is that we've got our bell ringers back, or we have now got a band of bell ringers of our own. And the bells hadn't been rung by our own bell ringers for many, many years, uh, and. 
Um, this enabled us to kind of raise the interest. We're about, uh, Bromscove and Androitwich Ringers but, um, have always helped us out, but they actually put a school together, and we're now we've got folk who ring, uh, who are new ringers, uh, and they're just getting themselves together. In fact, they're having their first official meeting to elect tower captain next week. So, oh, that's good, isn't and it? that's amazing. That means that the bells ring out on a Monday night as well as on Sundays, and they ring at services. And it also means they can call, go across to Witchbold and ring there because they've always were the same band. Um, and very poignantly, uh, our last tower captain, when where we did have a band, Rod, dear Roger, uh, Roger Abel, uh, who died recently, um, and is buried just under the tower and they were able to ring at his funeral and that was hmm. a very poignant moment really that, that we were able to do that because that, the bells hadn't been rung much over the last several years other than when the visitors came so um there's the lady chapel to explore there's a saint catherine's chapel which people don't realize is a chapel because there's an organ in it but actually saint catherine is the other name it's saint michael and all angels with saint catherine she of the Catherine wheel, uh, firework. But you'll have to find that story out for yourself. But the, it, the information is all there. Uh, if you're geocache, yeah. Um, then there's a. If you're a geocache person, then you you can come and find the one in the churchyard. I gave it a go here, you know, because this one of my reporters back in the day, she said, oh, we've got to do some geocaching, I'm really into it. And there was something about Postman Pat or something in Redditch Town Centre. And we searched for this thing, this geocache at, at uh, the post office, and we could not find it. And after that, I haven't been back, but I will have to give that a go. Yeah, and, 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 if, and if, you're, uh, if you're still doing Pokemon, is anybody still doing it? Uh, it is, it, it is a Pokemon that for a while. thing. Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 um, the, the War Memorial actually is a Pokemon palace whatever they were, where you could get hundreds of them. The Pokemon Stop or something, isn't it? Yeah. So I can't remember what it was uh, It was called. lovely. There was a young couple sitting on the on the bench uh, looking at their mobile phones. It looked as if they'd had a bit of a tiff. And I thought, I know what they're doing. And they, weren't, they, were, they were young adults. They weren't teenagers. <laughs> and I said, are you two doing Pokemon? They said, yeah. <laughs> So they're so they're near of a date is to sit on a bench, not talking to each other, looking at their yeah. phones, doing the Pokemon. I just thought it was. You thought they were um, conversing but, over text message because they couldn't bear to speak to each other. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's absolutely. <laughs> we've, we've all seen that. Yeah. So so much going on at St Michael and All Angels and St Catherine's. We'll call it from now on. Uh, we're going to have all this on the website as well. Um, so we've got just to recap: Pete Harley coming up Friday. The um, Bromsgrove uh, violinist, a star of New Faces. Tickets £10. Get the information on our website or just contact the uh, the church. They've got number 01527 832797. We've got Heritage Open Days next weekend. And let's get this £25,000 and get unlock this lottery funding and then we'll see the tower restored to its former glory. That would be absolutely wonderful. And um, uh, as I always say it when I preach, open your wallets and say after me, help yourself. And that's the perfect way to end that piece. <laughs> right, now we're going to look at a few more stories now as well. Um, Wynne's going to hang around and have a chat about these. <laughs> the biggest news of the week, the one that's got the most reaction on Facebook, is 
um, how college introduced car park charges to Artrix on Monday. Now, they were criticised over the decision to start with. Um, and then I think people kind of thought, well, okay, if they must charge, they must charge. That was Artrix's position. Artrix said, we understand that Howe College has lost funding. Apparently, um, government funding for further education colleges has been frozen since 2013. They need to find some extra revenue. Um, the fees are up to 7 p.m. each evening. So if you go in in the evening, Artrix did say that um, it would hit their bar sales because people normally come in about 10 to 7 or something maybe just for... Um, you know, a, a quick beer or a glass of wine before their um, their show starts. Um, so after seven, they are free. But the problem is now this week, when all of a sudden it was introduced on Monday, it turns out that the only way you can have a ticket is by using a mobile phone. So we were contacted in the week about this, and um, well, end of last week when it was when it became apparent. Uh, Patrick Murphy, he's a person who goes there in the daytime. And he says most of the uh, the visitors to Artrix in, in, during those times are older people and he sees how much pleasure they get and he's just worried that this is going to put people off. He says he can use his mobile phone to pay for parking but maybe Sid and Doris who are 75 years old may not even have a phone and might not even be able to pay for the parking. He says we all know how loneliness dogs the older generation these days and this move can only act as a deterrent from getting them um, out, out the door to meet people. He said, why can't they accept cash payments like every other car park in the district? Um, this move can only reduce attendance. I contacted the Bromsgrove Forum for Older People. Carol Tipping, she said most of the group's members would probably not be comfortable using a mobile phone to pay for parking. Some didn't even have a mobile phone. She added herself, like me as well, she owns a smartphone, but I prefer to pay cash, and she said that as well. Um, I, I had to download an app the other week because it was Bank Holiday Monday and I was in some town, um, I can't remember where we were now. I think it was like Starport on 7. And, uh, uh, yeah, I had to download an app and I was mortified. I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So I ended up uh, paying there, but I do prefer to pay cash. Um, uh, the standard has been told the college even took the decision without asking Artrix, which I think is probably the worst bit of this story. Um, they should have at least consulted um, the Art Centre because while it is the college's car park and the college is the other side of it, it is closest to Artrix and it is the one everybody uses to go to Artrix. Um, Angela Galvin, the director of Artrix, told the standard, Artrix had fielded a huge number of inquiries to the best of our ability with the information available. We have always said we understand how college has seen this as an income-generating opportunity. And she said herself, parking charges are now a fact of life. But we were as surprised as everyone to learn that the payments can only be made by phone app. No cash, no cards, no ticket machines. Uh, we're in agreement that our customers that are paid by phone system um, being the only option is not suitable and it's not accessible to anyone. But unfortunately, this is out of our control. Spokesperson for the college said it considered a variety of options with regard to the provider, Parking Eye, and chose the one which was the most cost effective. They mentioned about the funding being cut and they said um, the college has a duty to ensure that any resources received from the government, employers or individuals who have saved up to pay for their own course fees go towards supporting the students and the education that they're paying for so they can reach their full potential. Um, they said they were aware um, that some people had expressed concerns over the no cash option but unfortunately um, this was the only way um, that they could minimise costs and resource implications and did not divert the funding away from the students they said they investigated pay and display options but unfortunately these all 
placed considerable additional burdens and costs on the college. Now, I contacted the British Parking Association because I thought, have they broken any rules here? Because, you know, surely it makes sense to offer as many payment methods as possible. It's okay to, to use card, it's okay to use phone, but offer a cash one as well. So the British Parking Association told me on Monday, they said there aren't any rules about payment options, but it does make sense to offer multiple methods. It's not just elderly people who don't like using mobile phone apps. It's something common across all age groups for a variety of reasons, although younger people are more likely to use them. British Parking Association advocates parking operators offer a range of payment options, including cash, but we do appreciate this might not be a viable option in all circumstances. Motorists should feel confident that they can pay for parking with either cash, card or phone whenever they choose to park. Wynne, what are your thoughts on that? It's a fascinating story because it raises all kinds of issues in our society today from um, the funding of further education, which is right at the bottom of this story, Um, the whole issue about uh, cashless society, um, the place of old people in society, uh, and the assumptions that business makes about us uh, which sometimes are right and sometimes aren't. Uh, so it's a really interesting story. Uh, the kind of common sense view would be, well, why don't you just offer a cash uh, facility as well? And the answer will be, do you know how much they cost? And, mm. and all that. And, I, and, they, and they're not cost effective. And all that. I can I can see all that. And I, and, and I, and, and I do appreciate that the... the, the financial constraints of any uh, provider of further education, um, which has always been the Cinderella of, of education anyway for, 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 for many years. If you're a school or a university, it's fine. But if you're just trying to do uh, middle bit. the middle bit, it's it's been pushed and pushed and pushed uh, for all kinds of reasons. And uh, uh, that's a question in itself, which I, I wouldn't really pretend to be able to offer any suggestions for, mm. but, the, but it but I'd want to raise the issue: why, why is it that further education is, suffers in that way? Uh, and um, so that is that, and that's the base of this problem. Um, then you, then you've got the problem of the cashless society, and one, one of the things that we're going to have to face is that increasingly ATMs will start to charge. Uh, there's a lot of them are still free. I mean, I went this morning to a certain well-known supermarket in Astwood in in um, uh, in Aston Fields, in Aston Fields, and um, you know, got some cash out, and they didn't charge me. But if you go in mm. a lot of places now, uh, you know, it's two pound fifty or whatever, uh, and that's because uh, banks finding ATMs highly inefficient things to keep funding, uh, and they and they are not going to keep doing it. So, uh, getting cash out uh, of ATMs is going to start costing us and that's going to be right across the board and while that might be uh, okay for some it's not for others and and for people in rural areas that's going to be get even mm. more of a problem because getting cash is a problem but £2.50 anyway. if you're getting a tenner out you're paying another quarter on top of what you're doing just for the sure privilege of getting access to your own money which seems ludicrous and you're going to be encouraged to get more and more money out to make it Cost effective, you know, two pound fifty on hundred quid is, you know, two point five percent. You know, it's two point five percent instead of twenty five percent. You know, and so, yeah. and so on. So, 
and then they, then you've got, well, do I really want to carry all that cash around? I mean, you know, you've got all yeah. kinds of knock-on effects, but it is, it's coming. It's, it's mm. you know, it, it's, it's something which I, I've, I've been reading about. And so this, this business of, of the cashless society, um, I know lots of older people are absolutely fine with technology. I mean, mm. I, I regularly email somebody who's, you know, uh, I, in fact, I regularly email lots of people in their 80s who are just yeah. absolutely fine with it. Uh, well, when I taught um, some years ago, I remember uh, with the f- with f- six and seven year olds, there were about a third of the class who were not all that fussed on using computers, and that was a real surprise when I realised. I think actually, it is that. I think yeah. I mean, we, we can we can be we can fall into the trap of stereotype, and it's just older people. But like I said, I, d- I prefer to pay cash when when I go to a, a car park, and but then then again, there's people in this building who. Would pay for I've said it before. They pay for a Freddo with uh, with um, uh, with with their phone or with their watch or with their whatever yeah. other devices they use. Well, I, I'm I'm a passionate user of Ringo because I've never got money on me to mm. pay for a car park, and I I actually find myself getting quite uh, cheesed off when I go to a car park and there's no option mm. to pay uh, by phone because it's cash only. You know uh, the opposite problem. So. Um, I've got no solutions to this, and it would be, be silly for me to think that I've got the solution, but it, it's a really important uh, story because it raises all kinds of issues about where we are as a society uh, and how we tr- treat older people because actually the Arctic, I think, Gips provides a service mm. um, and um, it's an arts and performing arts place. We, are, you know, we, we, my wife and I, we certainly use it and it's something you know, we appreciate um from time to time and um actually it supplies a really important part of our society which is arts and performing arts and and local stuff um and and all that's really important so we live in a society where where we've democratized everything and it sounds like a criticism it's not Mm -hmm. but one of the things that you've got to be careful of when you democratise everything is that you end up with nobody actually being responsible for anything. Yeah. So who actually does deal with this? Because the council are going to say, well, it's not our job. And it probably isn't. It's a very timely statement as well what's going on nationally this week as well. Well, uh, absolutely, isn't it? Well, we won't, we won't go We won't go there. into that. We I've got to, brief, go I've got to briefly mention it in a minute, unfortunately. <laughs> what I think they should do is, just to give my view, is I think they should have something. That system needs to be linked to the college because they've got a reception in the college and then at least give someone the option or even link it to Artrix if you want, because that'll be nearer. People can just go in, into Artrix and pay a cash, or maybe even... I mean, it might not just be the cash. I mean, a lot of these people might even be happy paying with card, but not doing the process of ringing people up, yeah. reading your card number out, giving them that three-digit number on the back, giving them your expiry date and all that. You see, so, I mean, it might be a case that they'll be happy using the card, but they'll just they just want to go into Artrix and maybe do it like that. And then, I mean, these days, how difficult could it be with that system being linked up to one computer, say in Artrix or the Howe College uh, reception? And that's got to be they've got to find a solution to this because I'm telling you now there is there is a lot of public anger about this. Well, and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sure there is, and the technology is there to quote a quote. Um, in fact, I'm just waiting for our first uh, contactless payments for. Church. I mean, I've actually ordered it, so I'm just waiting for it to come. And so instead of putting cash on a plate, you'll be able to just tap your card and 
give that way. Um, you know, that's where we're going, and, and certainly contactless and touch and go is. Well, there was a big issue seller, wasn't there? That was, um, if you put it into uh, Google, I think it was a story either started last year, started this year or last year. Everyone was going, oh, sorry, mate, I ain't got any cash. So we invested in a chip and pin machine, and uh, and he's he's all right now. <laughs> he's, he's he's okay. He's he's, uh, he's people. A lot of people are using it. They're going, oh, I don't mind giving, but I haven't got any change. And uh, and and he did that, and it and it changed his fortunes. So yeah, really, uh, that's that's fascinating, and it shows really how you know. This, this technology is now very accessible, and yes, you'd think that actually there were ways around it but it does it requires two things a people need to talk to each other mm. uh it's an extraordinary thing to say really isn't it that you'd think that everybody would talk to each other one of the problems sounds to hear i don't know the story completely but it sounds like somebody hasn't talked to anybody else before they made a decision and yeah you know i think that is but the biggest thing for me is that they didn't consult artrix I, I think that's they needed to do that and i think ironically as well we've got all this technology to communicate at our fingertips and like you say people aren't physically talking to each other and well yeah and and i think we all like to see somebody on the side of the counter actually mm. um i'm you know i'm happy using a machine and yet uh one of my little things is when i go into morrison's oh i've mentioned it, or asda's or yeah Aldi, or the, sub- or, or the or, supermarkets are available or, or, yeah, yeah or whatever yeah. um is i really try and I, I do fail i actually try to engage with the if, oh yeah with like the person a good on chat. the other side and actually say you know when you're going off shift or something and i'm aware how easy it is to treat them as a part of the machine yeah and um uh, and i know when i'm busy i can forget to do that i can forget to actually just say you know how you doing hmm. um because they say it to you because they're trained to yeah. it's very very easy not to hear that because yeah, it's just yeah. what, but actually it's a chance to engage with somebody um and uh, and not treat them like a bit of the machine but I love a good I'm laugh and a joke with a cashier. It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't get it wrong and go, um, so what are you up to the weekend then? Unexpected item in bagging out. Oh, wrong, wrong. We've gone to the wrong machine. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, that'll yeah, run yeah. and run. And please send us your views on this. Editor at bromsgrovestandard.co.uk. Your views on Artrix. I think we've got one letter already going in for this week. Might have more by the time we get back to my desk. Um, but please let us know about the views because I think this one's going to run and run or have you say on Facebook and Twitter. Let's have a look at this. Um, Good news here. Um, I was going to say it before, actually, I didn't mention it. The um, the good thing about that church, uh, the St. Michael's and All Angels Church for us is because I'm the editor of Bromsgrove Android, which it's a church in the edge of Bromsgrove going towards Droitwich, and it's also got the big links to John Corbett as well. So I actually, it's brilliant because he, uh, he was the one who restored it, wasn't he, in the 19th century? Uh, y- yes, he did. He, 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 he stumped up the cash for that and built which mm. old church in its entirety, uh, which... Um, amusingly subsided spectacularly 20 years later because of the salt that he'd extracted from underneath. <laughs> but um, it's still there, and it's st- and that's another beautiful church, but a Victorian church, a very different kind of church, but actually, in its own way, quite a, a lovely church as well. He said, don't bother me about that now. I'm trying to build my wife a chateau. 
That's what he said. <laughs> Which is yeah. still one of the most amazing stories yeah, I've ever heard absolutely. in my life. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. have a look at the um, Droitwich news now. The future of Droitwich Spa Meeting Centre has been secured for the next four years thanks to a grant of almost £175,000 from the National Lottery. The funds will be, enable the centre to continue to help those living with dementia along with their families and carers. It's based at Droitwich Rugby Club. It's open Wednesday, Thursday and Friday from 10.30 till 3.30pm. Um, so members and their care partners can enjoy the company of others as well as chatting and having fun they also get help by participating in a variety of activities that are specifically aimed addressing their emotional cognitive and special needs which come with dementia and caring for someone with the condition it helps service users adjust to their changing needs rebuilds their confidence and reduces anxiety now a few years ago september the 2015 which was probably around the time that your uh, church campaign started um, the uh, the meeting center and was the first of its kind in the UK. It was a Dutch model. This is how they'd done, um, this is how they'd um, helped people with dementia um, over um, abroad, and this was the first trial of a pilot in the UK. Then it's gone from strength to strength, but every year they have to keep finding the funding for another year. So this will secure it for another four years. Um, Derek Radcliffe, (coughs) excuse me, the chair of the Droitwich Spa Meeting Centre charity has said everyone was delighted with the funding. Now, thanks to the National Lottery players, will be able to uh, thanks to National Lottery players, we will be able to continue to help local people living with dementia and their family members. It's important as it helps members and their family members um, both build relationships uh, with others whilst facing similar challenges, and they support each other. Jeff Mays, a former RAF flight lieutenant, and um, member of the centre said I started to get dementia and everything went down from there you just feel as though you've got nothing left but this place has given me a purpose you can join in with whatever's going on and have a good time the people at the meeting centre are good they are there to look after you but they keep the spirit going all the time it's a very happy place I don't know how I'd manage if I didn't come to this place it fills a big hole in my life so that's from one of the service users around 12 to 15 members attend each day some come from one day some go for the two or three um the cash will enable the centre not only to provide these services but it will also help it to develop best practice um, in partnership with the national lottery funded uk meeting center support program visitors from all over the uk will be um, going along to see how it's done basically so they can set up similar programs in their own area um, the evidence gained from Druid, which being the inaugural one will also help with local and national funding and influence policy makers and commissioners so it's a win-win win <laughs> It is. Um, I don't know uh, that particular place because it's obviously not my patch, but yeah. um, dementia and the whole thing around, around dementia um, is, is a hugely important subject in our, in our time because people are living longer uh, and uh, that means we're just going to see the effects more uh, and... Um, what you've just described sounds absolutely brilliant. It's an interesting question that something so basic, mm. a care, has to be funded um, by the lottery, by the lottery and, 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 and all the questions that go with that. Um, again, it's uh, geriatric care, as we used to call it. This I, is I, what I was going to say, because back in the day, you'd just go, oh, you know, grandma... You know, she's she's getting on a bit. She's she's 
you know, she's forgetting things and things. But since then, we've had so much research into it. Now we understand a lot more about it. And then now we know the steps that need to be taken to kind of, well, you can't cure anybody with it, can you, uh, currently? But you can you can slow down the process. Yes. You, 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 and there are ways of making people feel valued. Um, and there are ways of supporting the carers, which is just as important of course because mm. the real care is going to be done usually by family and friends and and that comes at some cost and mm. i don't mean financial cost but emotional and physical cost because it's hard work uh, and no matter how much you want to do it uh when, when you're worn out you're worn out and you need you need a chance for some respite you need good information you need help and, and all of those things and so it's a really uh essential part of how we look at things and it's one of the things that's changed for, for clergy like me is that uh, when I go into our residential homes um, certainly uh, two, two of the homes I go into regularly have got specific um, parts that are f- folk with uh, various forms of dementia and I've had to change what I do you know, you, you know if I go into one nursing home where it's not that isn't what they specialize in and I take a communion service and uh, it could be, it's just like doing it in church because everybody's tuned in and know what they're doing. But one of the things I can't do in uh, a ward where, or not a ward, a, you know, a residential situation where uh, folk have got um, dementia or dementia-like issues, um, I realise actually this isn't a thing to do anymore because they're not really sure why I've given them a piece of bread. Yeah. Or what's that about? Uh, so now I think I, I revamped that and said, right, what do I do when I go in? Well, what do they... They probably know some old traditional hymns. Hmm. Uh, and I only use prayers that they're likely to know, to use in the old-fashioned way because they're that generation still. Um, and... I'll use visual things, so I'll take a cross and a candle and a Bible. The words aren't very important because they're not really listening, hmm. because they can't. No. But they can see things, and they love the music, they join in the songs, and actually it's not just the old-fashioned, because even what we now call modern hymns are well-known, because what I actually I went on to the Songs of Praise top ten list. Yeah. And I actually got about the top 20, actually. And, and that's, I made a booklet with the top 20 in, and that's what we sing, because that's actually, you know, what best research, really, I, I could think of. What do they know? And so, you know, so they know, you know, old-fashioned hymns, but a few more things like, um, oh, um, sing Hosanna and that kind of thing, which is, is getting on a bit now. It's not mm. really modern at all. It's, a, it's 50 years old, you know. Yeah. So, um, and you see them singing and joining well, in when then actually otherwise they wouldn't join in at all and I'm, you know it's my little attempt in a kind of you know best kind of um, research way that I can manage to see yeah. how do we do this how do we actually engage with people well it's people things that they know things that stir a, an emotion or a, and um, get a smile well that's what I was going to say because music is proven isn't it to to have that effect and, and that is the thing with dementia isn't it they can remember things 50 years ago but they can't remember yesterday or, or a couple of hours ago so yeah so that's great you gave me a brilliant idea then how about when that church is fixed when the towers don't you've got to invite BBC song of, Songs of Praise down haven't you to do to do a service there 
Well, what a nice idea. Yes, you know anybody. You can't, you can't swing it for me. Can you? I think we know uh, some local people, that, like, you know, the Hereford and Worcester, well, so we well, could we always give them the a right, chat. We'll do our own in that case. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah we'll get you down. And, well, these uh, days, yeah, you can, you can yeah, film it. Yeah, well, yeah, get... get it uh, would be uh, nice to get Yeah, get, get, get one of the... The local radio zone, if not, if nobody else will get it. Yeah. But if we could, we would. I mean, it's it's almost big enough. I suspect they have a kind of size, Benchmark. bottom yeah. size, and I suspect we're slightly off the bottom of their size. But I don't know. They do, you know, they like to go to villages. I should have thought. Yeah. And now uh, uh, oh, you give me ideas now. There um, you go. Something to follow up after this. I've got to dash through. Um, We've got, um, obviously, Brexit's going on at the moment. I'm not going to even attempt to do anything on Brexit because it could be, by the time this comes out um, later today or tomorrow or whenever, it's, it'll have moved so quick. The last few, the last few days, we had um, the, Twitter, uh, the Twitter anti-Brexit campaign group led by Donkeys come down to Bromsgrove on Thursday. They had a giant screen of Sajid Javid and uh, just criticising him for his support of Perugian Parliament. We've got his response to that. All that's available on the website. There was a Stop the Coup protest on Sunday in Sanders Park. The organisers said there was 150 people. Someone's called up since then to say they reckon there was no more than 50 and they were over-exaggerating. So it's, it's, it's split in Bromsgrove as it's split in the country, Brexit is. And there's an EU clinic this Saturday for Bromsgrove for Europe. Get yourself to that it's in the high street if, um, if you want to. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about that. I'm not going to talk too much about the um, the horse cruelty trial as well, which is going on. Um, Harry's down there now, and um, we've got uh, that was the that was the horses in Stoke prior actually. Um, that is due to conclude by Friday, so the updates will be coming on our website. So tune to Bromsgrove, um, visit BromsgroveStandard.co.uk for updates on that. That's changing all the time as well. Plus, there's legal implications, so I'm not going to discuss that. Sadly, we've had some more catalytic converter thefts um, from a compound owned by Worcestershire Health and Care Trust over the weekend. This was in Crown Lane in Witchbold. Um, the Raiders stole the converters from five Mercedes Sprinter vans owned by the NHS. A spokesperson for the Health and Care Trust said the team supplies equipment to meet the assessed needs of people with disabilities to help them maintain their health and independence. Our staff are really upset by the thefts over the weekend, um, but we're working hard to keep disruption to a minimum for our patients um Droitwich police have condemned the actions and they're going out to see them and of course last week we had three um uh garages targeted in Droitwich which left the owners um counting the cost of tens of thousands of pounds um basically they cut off the catalytic converters and sell them to scrap metal dealers although they shouldn't technically be able to do that because the laws have been brought in and scrap metal dealers now have to get every single bit of information and detail they can um, for that. If you know anything on that, ring the police on 101 or Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 Well done to Melanie Muldowney from a math, uh, she's a maths teacher at North Bromsgrove High School. She's the face of a new campaign to encourage people to get into teaching. Um, she spent years as a director of operations for a company and then she just, you know, it wasn't really... Uh, it, she wanted something that made a real impact so she swapped the corporate for the classroom teaching's hard work but it's also very varied and rewarding she claimed changing career was a big decision but choosing to become a teacher was the best move she'd ever made um, if you want to find out more about that story visit bromsgrovestandard.co.uk and you can find out more about the actual teaching get into teaching campaign and you might want to change your career to that um, Hanbury Runner will be heading to Newcastle upon Tyne this weekend 
How are you, man? Um, for the Great North Run to raise funds for the Children's Liver Disease Foundation, Joan Rackstar has chose to compete in her first half marathon for the charity because it's close to her heart because seven-year-old granddaughter Imogen was born with a rare liver disease and biliary artresia. Um, Imogen received life-saving liver transplant from the Birmingham Children's Hospital when she was just five months old. Joan said the Children's Liver Disease Foundation was there for my whole family. Um, with information about her condition and advice to help us and Imogen move forward. Imogen's really pleased I'm doing this. She's been doing whatever she can to help with the fundraising and she'll be there on the day to cheer her on. So good luck to Joan Raxter from Hanbury taking that on. If you go to the story, I've put it on, because it's Hanbury, I've put it on bromsgrovestandard.co.uk and droitwichstandard.co.uk and if you want to donate to Joan's cause, you can do that there. Saltfest is this Saturday. Um, it's in Droitwich. It's going to be a great event. Well, it's not just this Saturday. It's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's a three-day event. We've got all the information on our Droitwich Standard website. And a nice little story to come out of that. Probus 87, because there's no Roman reenactors this year, they've got costumes for 6 to 12-year-olds so they can all dress as Romans and parade around Saltfest on Saturday. If you want more information on that, call 01905 That's 01905 Sandy Laird is your man for that. And the details are also on our Droitwich Standard website. We'll quickly go through the football. Bromsgrove Sporting have got the FA Cup this weekend. They play um, Starbridge at home. Um, they played them on Bank Holiday Monday and they lost 2-1 um, to Starbridge. It was a close-run game in the league, but FA Cup games can be very different. Last weekend, Sporting lost 2-0 at home to Banbury in the league. Um, but Sporting had 11 shots on target. and uh, Sorry, 11 shots on goal, 7 on target. And the visitors just had four shots and two on target. So it was a bit of a smash and grab. Um, Janai Gordon, 29th minute, and Nagai Barcio, 32nd for the visitors. So that leaves um, Bromsgrove Sporting 19th in the league out of 22. But it's still early days. Um, and as I say, they've got the FA Cup on Saturday. So get yourself down the Victoria ground and support uh, Bromsgrove Sporting in the FA Cup. Because after that, I think there'll only be about three games away from the first round proper which would be amazing to get um, a league team down at the Victoria Ground. Droitwich Bar FC they won 2-0 last weekend to Wensfield in the Builder Base FA Vars. Connor Collins on the mark after 35. Lewis Phillips after 70 gave them victory. They returned to um, league action this weekend. They're playing a team called Allscott. Both teams have won one and lost one. Droitwich, this is Droitwich's first home game of the season. Um, the last two, their first two games were away when they won one and lost one. Um, Droitwich are ninth, Allscott are eighth. They're both on three points and they've both got games in hand with everyone above them. Uh, the top team has nine. So a win there would shoot them up the table, no doubt. So there we are, we had to run through. We had so much. I told you it was a packed programme to begin with. Win. thank you ever so much for coming in. Have you enjoyed it? I have absolutely loved it. Thank you very much indeed. And, and uh, I look forward to seeing loads and loads of you over the uh, Heritage Weekend, uh, 14th, yeah. 15th. Get yourself down to the Heritage Weekend and let's get that 25 grand pledged, collected in the bank and then work can start on that beautiful tower in Stoke Prior. Claire's up next with all the entertainment news. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Gate. 
Thanks, Tristan. Yes, I'm here to fill you in on some fun things happening this weekend in town. Starting this weekend on Saturday, the 7th of September, you won't want to miss the Droitwich Salt Fest. This is also happening all day Sunday and it's all happening at Vines Park in Droitwich. If you haven't been before, the Salt Fest started back in 2006 to celebrate the town's unique salt heritage. Since then, the event has grown considerably, taking place across the whole town centre now and it attracts thousands of visitors every year. Whilst the Salt Heritage and Romans are still very important aspects, of course, the event has now become a showcase for the town, businesses and the community. It's an incredible event. There's loads of groups taking part, running stalls and organising activities. And there's also an amazing musical showcase featuring young and up and coming local performers. It really is a great day out for the whole family. And it all actually kicks off on Friday night the 6th of September in the evening. So if you're about, do go along. You can gather in Vines Park at 6pm on the Friday evening and the official opening actually takes place then. Um, And then straight after that, the family fun fair opens at 7.30 until 10 o'clock. Pete Harrington will be in the marquee. And at 8pm, there's going to be an incredible firework display. Um, You need to like head on over to Netherwich Basin if you want to see that. Also, throughout the weekend, there's going to be a bouncy slide for the kids, bumper cars, pony rides on the Saturday. There's going to be sweet and slushy stalls. There's a classic cars and bikes exhibition, exhibitor stalls, falconry, everything's going on. Farmers markets, ferret racing, I've just read. Amazing ferret racing. It's all going on. We can't wait. Really hope we see you there. And if you do want more information about it all, go to their website, which is saltfest.co.uk. Also, over the weekend, some great live music going on all over the place. Skurud is going to be on at the Hot Pole Inn in Bromsgrove on Saturday night. Love that band. Tone Locked is performing at the Old Black Cross on the Worcester Road in Bromsgrove on Saturday night. And it's also the Blackwell Music Festival happening on Saturday in Blackwell. And that's always a really good fun event. I haven't actually seen the full lineup yet, but I have heard that the Britannia Beat will be making an appearance. They're incredible. Bang on the Ear are a great local band. They do lots of Celtic folk rock kind of stuff. And the Rock Bottoms, they're going to be performing. I spoke about these guys a few weeks ago, actually, on the podcast. This is the acoustic duo who are ex-members. One of them was in Ocean Colour Scene. Do you remember Ocean Colour Scene? Amazing band. And the other one was in Merrymouth, which was also an incredible band. So they're going to be there. It's going to be a great event. Do try and go on the Saturday. Also on Saturday night, there is a great Freddie Mercury tribute night happening over in Longbridge. If you want to go to that, the the address, actually, the address is 30 Tessel Lane, Longbridge, B312SF is the postcode via SatNav. They're moving on to Sunday, the 8th of September. For any yogis out there, there is a yoga in Saunders Park morning happening. Just meet at the bandstand on Sunday morning about 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Yep, 10 a.m. start. Join them for a holistic morning of yoga, they say. It's £12.50, but this is all for cancer research. So it's a great cause and it goes on all morning, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. So it should be loads of fun. 
Namaste. Then they'll be handing the bandstand over to Starport on 7 Brass Band from 2.30 until 4.30pm in Sanders Park. This is for their Music in the Park series, which has been going on all summer. Great event. It's It's a lovely opportunity, especially for the sun shining, to take a picnic or a blanket and just relax for a few hours in the afternoon sun for a free concert. Then on Sunday evening, it's the 80s experience happening at the Westcroft in Droitwich. So crimp your hair and find those old leg warmers. It's going to be a blast to the past at the Westcroft. Then remember on Monday the 9th of September, the Grieve School of Dance, who have sponsored this podcast this week, they're starting a new term in Northfield. I've mentioned it before on the standard website and also on in the newspaper this week. And if you do mention it to them, you'll also get a free trial class as well as a free dance bar- bag. So do try and get yourself along. They've got a variety of dance classes in various styles. You name it, ballet, tap, contemporary, modern, they do it all. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how experienced you are. They're a lovely group of people and you'll make friends and have a great time. Amy, who runs it, is amazing. Give her a call if you want to discuss it on 07979 408 997. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Back to you in the studio, Tristan. Thanks, Claire. Loads going on um, this uh, weekend and week ahead. Um, thanks also to Wynne for coming in to talk about the Stoke Pride Church. Make sure you get yourself down to one of those events either this Friday um, with um, Pete um, Hartley, the Bromsgrove violinist, or for Heritage Open Weekend. Let's get that church over the line. £25,000 more and it'll open up so much lottery funding and secure the future of the tower for generations to come. Thanks for listening, everybody, as well. Remember, you can get daily updates at bromsgrovestandard.co.uk, druidstandard.co.uk. We've got Facebook pages, Twitter pages, Instagram pages. There's really no excuse. Join the conversation or you can do um, write to us at the postal address on the letters page. Or you can email us, editor at bromsgrovestandard.co.uk, editor at droidwichstandard.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. All that's left to say, have a lovely weekend and a lovely week, and we'll see you again at the same time next week. (laughs) 